You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely partner, Dr. Jess. Hey, hey, happy to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about my favorite topic. Dogs? No, and <laughs> not sex either. No. Food. That's very true. It is your favorite topic. It is, and we are joined by author of Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, Lisa Davis. Lisa, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, your latest book is part memoir, part lifestyle guide, part cookbook. It's about clean eating and dirty sex. I like. I think I like both of those things. Sometimes I like to eat <laughs> dirty as well. But tell me what made you write this book in the first place? Well, I wanted to write about something that I could relate to. And I should point out that the book is not about uh, dirty sex. Uh, it, it really is just to play off the word clean. And I was really hoping that would come across, but it's funny. There's so many people who are like, oh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not into that. I'm like, well, it's just a pun. But the book is so about improving your sexual health. So when I was growing up, I ate dirty. You just mentioned dirty eating a moment ago. I mean, I hid Girl Scout cookies and I would eat as much junk food as possible at my friend's house because my grandma was a health food nut and she passed it down to my mom. And I just really struggled to eat well um, for a while. Um, and so I wanted to talk about something that I struggled with. And then I also had an unhealthy relationship with sex. Uh, I was that awkward girl who could never get a date. And I was skinny and uncoordinated. And not only was I picked last in gym, but they fought over who got stuck with me. And I went to school with the same kids from when I was six till I was 18. So it's like you, you get, you know, how you get boxed in and you're always seen a certain way. And so I internalized that. And then at 18, I suddenly had a, like a, you know, really nice figure out of nowhere. And I started dating and sleeping around and, and felt like that made me feel like I was something special. And so I struggled with that as well. So I just wanted to take two topics to, to talk about how you can do both in a healthy way. Awesome. And so you in this book talk about the standard American diet. How would you describe you know, the average diet for an American. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. If I, I rarely, to make, I don't even want to say it's so like a snob. I rarely go to the regular grocery store. But no, I, I try to shop at like little health food markets when I can, but I'll go to the regular grocery store. But if you walk anywhere, just if you walk around the perimeter, you can get some pretty good stuff. But most of the stuff is all so highly processed. It's so refined. I mean, it's barely recognizable as food. It's got 500 ingredients. Most of them you can't pronounce. And that's such a huge problem, not only for our sexual health, but for our overall health, because they're really connected. And that's what's so heartbreaking is I think that people, you know, go for convenience. And I know there's an issue in cost. I'm not oblivious, but there are ways that you can eat clean without breaking the bank, which is a whole other topic, but th there are ways to do it. But yeah, so it's just basically the highly, you know, uh, processed stuff everywhere. Well, I think it's interesting you bring up the cost because right. for some for some people, it really is the cost and about prioritizing. And for others, it's about accessibility. So if you look at, right. you know, considering North America, uh, especially some of the American cities, if you live in certain neighborhoods, you don't eat, not only do you not have access to small markets or farmers markets or, you know, locally sourced items, but you don't even have a grocery store. Right. So how do we even begin to address this disparity? 
Yeah, that's something that is is really important, and I don't think that it does get addressed enough. I mean, I feel like there's been a little bit more of a of a thing events that are happening that are trying to make that happen. I think our politics, I think government needs to get more involved because yeah, there's definitely food deserts. But if you do have access to a grocery store, even within those aisles that I was talking about, you can find a bag of brown rice and a bag of beans. You right. you know, some of it takes a little more work. You you don't have to buy organic vegetables. You can, you know, wash them well. You can buy things that are still going to be as cost effective as, you know, a box of macaroni and cheese. I, I'm really glad you bring up rice because so I'm Chinese. I could eat bowls on bowls of rice. <laughs> and oftentimes in North America, rice and other grains get painted as bad foods, especially as people become anti-carb. And I'll, I'll just say, you know, from the onset, I'm, you know, I, I have some real issues with diet culture. I don't believe we should live a life of deprivation. I don't believe our food choices should be motivated by shame. I, I, I'm not suggesting we shouldn't eat well and eat clean, but, you know, no two people require the same diet. Is this something you ran into in researching your book? And I know you consulted with experts from multiple fields, from, you know, dietitians and other folks. Well, the interesting thing is that it really is better to eat as many fruits and vegetables as possible because things that are in fruits and vegetables like flavonoids and nitric oxide and antioxidants, they all have to do with blood flow and the health of your cells and the health of your tissue, your endothelial tissue, with, which lines your arteries. And, and when you're eating more fruits and vegetables, it's going to help your overall health. It's also going to help your sexual health. Um, I, I am not super... I mean, I do eat grains, but for me, I have a lot of food sensitivity, so I'm a little bit different. So I tend to do better with, you know, a little bit of meat, a lot of vegetables and fruits and a lot of healthy fat. I am like the healthy fat queen. I eat an avocado a day. It helps your skin. It helps your hair. It helps you internally. The fats are also really important for uh, your libido and for good sexual health. So in the book, for example, in the cookbook, I don't, the only grain, which is actually a seed in the book is quinoa. Um, so yeah, the book is not grain heavy. So I would tell people if you have a plate, okay, so you want to picture the plate, right? So you want to have, I would say half vegetables and then a quarter meat and then maybe a quarter grain. I think too many people go all meat and half, you know, half meat, half grain. And like, there's like a speck of vegetable on the plate, like a garnish. We need to eat more of those vegetables. So uh, if... If people have been listening, they may have heard me note that I, I don't like vegetables, but oh. <laughs> I still consume them. I still consume right. them. So this morning, for example, I just made a smoothie. It's made with frozen spinach, peaches, a whole mm. bunch of coconut water, and oranges. And so it's all good for me. And it tastes good. Like it tastes nice and nice, very sweet. Some of the smoothies I make actually taste like almost like an orange creamsicle because of all the pineapple. Ooh, Today, nice. the smoothie tasted like dirt. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. There was there was yeah. a lot of spinach oh, that's in it, true. and today was a little dirty. I mm. I drank it, but it was still good. No, but today we ran out of pineapple, and I just oh, flew in, and I so I hadn't, I hadn't been to the you know there we were out of pineapple. Normally we have pineapple, but there are things you can do even if you don't love something to make sure you know it's getting into your body. But what I really appreciate is that you were talking about your own experience. So you said that, you know, you tend to have food sensitivity sensitivities. And I think that's an important takeaway for people to get to know your own body, because how I respond to food may not be how you respond to food. And that's, it's both individual, but it, you know, it, it can be genetic and maybe even related to, you know, the lifestyle and the diet of your ancestors. Oh, completely. I mean, my husband can eat grains till the cows come home and he feels great. 
And I eat too many grains and I, I get what's called a food hangover where I wake up the next morning and I, I feel like there's bricks in my head. So what I do, I go to my go-to. I get a little, when I can, I get a little grass-fed meat, an avocado, a huge salad, maybe a yam. So yeah, I mean, if you if you labeled me, I would say I'm more paleo, but I agree with you. I don't like the diet mentality. For me, it's more about just not feeling crummy every day. But I think if you don't have food sensitivities and you want, you know, you can vary your diet more than I'm able to, you know, if you're a regular person, <laughs> like me, who's <laughs> a weirdo. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, well, I'm a little odd. But at any rate, uh, but, you know, just the bottom line is to get the fruits. And if you're going to eat, do you like berries, uh, Dr. Jess Brandon? Do you guys love, because berries are great for your sexual health. I, I love, like berries. I love berries. Why oh, are good. berries great for your sex life? Well, berries are great because they're full of flavonoids. And flavonoids are a diverse, excuse me, group of phytonutrients. They're basically plant chemicals. And they're found in almost all fruits and vegetables. But they tend to be found more in the, um, you know, the darker berries, the red berries and the blueberries and the red by raspberries and the blackberries. And as a matter of fact, I interviewed this wonderful doctor for the book. I interviewed over 40 excellent uh, health professionals with lots of experience in nutrition. And Dr. Joel Kahn, he calls um, strawberries, screwberries, and blowberries, blueberries. That's probably the dirtiest thing in the book, and it's not that dirty, but he'll say that to his patients. Because when it comes to sexual health, you want to have blood flow. Whether you're a man or a woman, it really is important for both, you know, to get the juices going down there for women, to get the erect for men. And so if you're eating a lot of foods that are high in flavonoids, the other one is nitric oxide. And that's a two atom gas. It's made by the endothelial tissue and the blood vessels. And that basically sends a message to the lining of the genitals. It releases that nitric oxide. It causes the blood vessels to expand. Again, we want that expansion. So the blood is flowing. And things that are high in nitric oxide, which are great, is uh, beets is a really big one. Spinach is another one. So I don't know. Some people don't like beets, but if you throw them in your smoothie, they definitely do add a sweetness. Or if you juice them, they're really sweet as well. You just want to go overboard because then it could be a little too sweet. So I have a question about sure. clean eating and then cheat days. Right. Because I have a good friend whose cheat days are epic. He eats <laughs> clean all week. He, um, you know, he does intermittent fasting. Right. He, and then he has a cheat day where it's like 17 hamburgers. I call them the hamburger. Wait, what? Dude is Not crazy. really 17. Not okay. 17. But Five. I'd <laughs> have a heart attack. <laughs> he went to, he had a cheat day that coincided with um, the Canadian National Exhibition, the CNE. It's just a big festival here in Toronto. And at it, they have a whole food hall of crazy foods. And he went there and had like a blooming onion, a deep fried onion. Then he had deep fried Twinkies and oh tater tots and pizza and burgers. I'm not kidding you. It was just wow. one thing after another. So Sounds how do like you me feel? as a kid. <laughs> I was more concerned about how his gastrointestinal system responded right. the following day. But how do you feel about having a cheat day? I think if you have a cheat day, it's got to be a lot less than that. I mean, that seems Agreed. Ex extreme, you know, for example, um, even though I'm sensitive to wheat and dairy, uh, once in a while, I just say, you know what, I just flip and want a couple pieces of pizza. So a couple days ago, I had a couple pieces of pizza. I woke up the next day, I felt a little crummy. And then I bounced back pretty quick because I've been eating the way that I need to in terms of my sensitivity. So I'm able to do that now and then. Now, if I ate pizza every day, I'd feel like crap. But I think for like, again, somebody who doesn't have food sensitivities, you know, you don't want to go out and eat a whole pizza and a bunch of hamburgers or cheeseburgers. I would say basically maybe just have a couple slices of pizza, a piece of chocolate cake, but you don't want to go completely nuts. 
Yeah, and, and I nuts think are actually really good. <laughs> you can oh, go nuts, nuts with nuts. <laughs> are nuts good for your sex life? Oh, nuts are great because they have healthy fat. And that has to do with your homo- hormone production. You really need good fat. And that's why, you know, I mean, that I should have it. That should be my logo, like eat lots of good fat. I'm just so big on that. And so you're looking at avocados, coconut, dark chocolate, nuts, olives, wild salmon, I eat dark chocolate every day. Sometimes I overindulge and my husband will be like, wasn't there a bar of chocolate? Like 80, I try to do between 70 and 80%. Like, wasn't it here yesterday? I was like, oh, I I don't know. I'm not sure what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So So you've mentioned, you've Mm -hmm. mentioned a whole bunch of foods. Is there anything that people can just add to their diet? Something that, you know, whether it's a spice or something you throw in a smoothie or something you throw on top of a a salad or a piece of meat or whatever it is you enjoy eating? Because, you know, I think people who listen to this podcast are always looking at making change, but really incremental change because every week I'm saying, do this, do that, do this, Mm -hmm. do that. And of course, I don't do all the things, but if you can do, you know, 10% of them, where do we begin something simple to add and why it works for your sexual health? Right. So first of all, I would eat berries. You know, let's say for breakfast, you might have oatmeal. Okay. Well, why don't you throw either throw berries on top of it? Or if you don't like them on top of it, have a little bit of berries on the side. You have a salad for lunch, slice up some avocado. You have a turkey sandwich for for lunch, uh, slice up an avocado. You have a salad. Throw some black olives or green olives on it. Uh, Also, use some extra virgin olive oil is really good. You can make your own salad dressing, or you can find dressings that use either avocado oil uh, or or olive oil. I mentioned avocado oil because that's my absolute favorite. And that has the highest smoke point as well. So if you're going to do any cooking on high heat, if you use avocado oil, it's not going to change it into a nasty oil, which can happen when you use a lot of the, um, you know, safflower, sunflower, corn. I try to stay away from those. And I, even though when we were growing up, you know, the whole thing with margarine is so great and all of that jazz, it really is better to stick with avocado oil, almond oil, extra virgin olive oil, uh, virgin uh, coconut oil is also good. Uh, I would say anytime you can add uh, extra spinach to a salad or a sandwich or even, you know, a pasta dish. So that way people can still have what they want, but they can add these extra foods rather than feeling like they have to take everything away. Okay. And if you're having maybe a less, I guess, a less American diet, like let's say you have something more like noodles for breakfast or congee for lunch, what mm-hmm. what can we add or take away there? Just don't take away my noodles. Right. <laughs> Please don't take my noodles away. Um, <laughs> if you if you follow me at all on social media, you see that I, I'm very goofy, but fun. Um, I guess goofy and fun is similar. I would say add a little chicken, add a little turkey. These are foods that are uh, high in allarginine and allarginine is also really good because that converts to nitric oxide in the body. So you find L-arginine in nuts. So add some nuts to your food, add some turkey, add some pumpkin seeds. Uh, If you like lentils, those are also high in L-arginine. So I think if you want to keep eating your noodles, you should definitely add some vegetables to it, add a little protein to it, and uh, you know maybe add a little bit of of olive oil or uh, avocado oil to it. And what's nice now is you can find avocado oil at Costco and and other places. It's not just, you know, this. you, you can get this, you know, more expensive dark green but there's one that's a little bit more refined, but that is better for you than eating a lot of the, um, you know, the plant-based oils like the safflower, corn, sunflower, things like that. Do you have any recommendations for things like, uh, again, I'm looking for a quick fix sure. that might ramp up the metabolism a little bit? You know, if, if for metabolism, I would have to say, I'm going to recommend you to a wonderful guy named uh, Pankaj Vidge, MD. He's in my book. He wrote a book called Turbo Metabolism. 
the guy is an absolute genius and he is one of those doctors that you go to him and you think, why can't all doctors be like this? He really looks at the whole person. He's, he looks at food as medicine. He really takes into account how your overall life is going and in, in a holistic manner. And uh, I have he's in the book, actually. He talks about finding your why. And why is and why it's so important? Because if you just think, well, I just want to lose weight. Well, why? What's it going to mean? What's going to happen? You think got to think about your longevity, about your kids, about your grandkids, about your goals. He's really fabulous. So metabolism is not my expertise. So I would I would definitely check out Pancaj Vig Turbo Metabolism. I like that you talk about why because you you sort of alluded to yours earlier. You just yeah. don't want to wake up feeling bad. Right. Like you want to wake up feeling good. And I think that's so important because then it doesn't become this toxic prescription of you must look a certain way or kind of an elitist health culture that says we're going to judge you if you eat that food. So I think that that's an important question for everything from relationships to sex to business to spirituality. Really, what is your why? And and I believe that your why relates always to a feeling to, or to feeling something that you're looking to feel. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, my mother died when uh, I was in my 20s. She was in her 50s from ovarian cancer. And it's funny because people say, oh, but wasn't she a health food nut? It's like, yeah, she was. But she had a lot of emotional issues that she had never dealt with. She had a lot of past trauma. And that's something that I bring up in the book. And that's why I brought her up. She's part of my why. But also, I think when people if they're looking at their sexual health and they're not looking at any past trauma or, and it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual trauma, but anything that, that impedes them in terms of how they feel about themselves. And so I'm really glad in the book that I address that because I don't see that a lot. You know, you see things on, well, wear sexy lingerie or, <laughs> you know, put your hair a different style. It's like, yeah, that's nice. But, and I do have things, I do have advice in there from a wonderful sex therapist, Vanessa Marin, where we talk about, you know, talking about old times and changing things up and you have the things you've heard, but yet there's like a deeper level to the book that I'm really proud of. You know, you also talk about specifically erectile dysfunction, and you, right. you write about a guy named Mark Ramirez who attributes his management of erectile dysfunction through diet. Now, of course, there are many reasons you can deal with erectile dysfunction, and oftentimes it can be psychogenic. But aside from that, from the physiological side, can you tell us a little bit about him and oh. how his diet affected sexual functioning? Oh, Mark's fantastic. Yeah, so he came from a family where everybody had something going on health-wise, diabetes. And his mother and brother passed away uh, from complications from diabetes. And then he got diagnosed and it took him 10 years to finally say, enough is enough. I don't want to end up that way. I need to take care of myself. So he got on a plant-based diet and it just completely changed his life. And he got off all of his medications. He lost a bunch of weight. And he finally was able to have sex because there was a long time where his erectile dysfunction was preventing him. And when he made those changes, it made a change in, again, his overall health. And that's the real goal of the book. I mean, it, I tell people they can be celibate and still get this book. It'll be helpful because of the healthy lifestyle advice. And for Mark, now he travels around and he talks to men about what he did and how it changed his life for the better. Well, it's interesting because oftentimes, you know, as sex experts or sexologists or sex therapists, when people come to us with a sex issue, they tend to see it in a vacuum. Well, I have all these other things going on in life, but what I really want to work on is the fact that I can't get or keep an erection. But they don't always want to talk about those lifestyle factors, the relational factors, right. the 
factors around mindfulness and self-confidence and knowing your body. And so I think that holistic approach is essential. And I also think that it's not simplistic. It's not, oh, if you eat berries in the morning, you will get a boner by lunch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you brought that up, Dr. Jess, because I talk about that in the book. This is like any lifestyle approach. You have to, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will change. If you, But again, you have to commit to the whole thing. You have to look at the emotional stuff as well as doing the physical stuff. And there's a whole chapter in the book on exercise. There's a chapter in the book about skincare. You know, there's the memoir stories I really enjoy. They're, some of them are sad, but there's a lot of humor mixed in. And uh, it, it was just such a pleasure because I hadn't seen anything like this before that had those components. And then the cookbook, I just have to say, Erin uh, MacDonald, RDN, she's amazing. She is the uh, dietitian for and registered nutritionist for Clean Eating Magazine. And she does their Q&A. She also does a Clean Eating Academy. And I went to her and I said, here's the ingredients that I need in recipes. And she created every recipe exactly for those sex-enhancing ingredients. And they're fabulous. So it's really nice. Can you pick one favorite recipe from the book? Yeah, this is going to sound funny, but it's just the spiced chicken thighs. I mean, she has a way, and it's hard to pick because they're really all very good, but she has this way of taking spices and getting just the right combination. And the recipe is so easy too. There's like six different spices you mix together and then you get some avocado oil or olive oil and you make, you know, put the chicken and you make it in the pan. It's pretty quick. And it just has such an amazing flavor. I also, um, she has a wonderful cauliflower mash. You know, cauliflower is like the big thing now. And it's a really great thing because you can rice it, you can mash it, you can, uh, oh, you don't like vegetables, Dr. Jess. I was thinking. I don't if, know. If you I, would, But um, I do like cauliflower. I do oh. not mind cauliflower. Sometimes I just stick it on the barbecue hole with some yeah. like Parmesan and roast it. But I should yeah, give you ever roast it in the contact. oven? Oh, I sorry, should I tell everybody interrupt. about, no, no, that's sure. okay. Jess eats vegetables like a right. seven-year-old. <laughs> where they'll be on her plate and she has to have a glass of water to drink while she eats the broccoli. Right. Or the or the cauliflower. Come on. You you do for real. I do. I don't deny it. I hold my breath and I swallow it because Wait. I know that I, I want to grow up to be strong. But even if you roast it, I mean ro roasted Brussels sprouts are insane. Like you really have to caramelize them. You got to cook them for a long time. And okay, I, do. I do that with everything. I do like some some things, uh, like uh, roasted Brussels sprouts, and I throw in some pecans and, and vinegar. See, that's and I do great. put bacon. I always put them with bacon. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, I yeah, that's fine. A side of bacon with a sprinkle of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> uh, can you please tell me what that means to rice cauliflower? Yeah, you know what's nice is you can either get it like that at the store already. Uh, you can get it frozen, you can get it fresh, but just basically means is that you can put it in a food processor and put it on the mode that it's not going to completely shred it, but it just kind of grinds it up a bit. Or some people just chop it. You just chop it really thin and little tiny pieces and it honestly looks like rice. Now it's not going to taste like rice, but you can make some pretty good dishes with it. Okay. That, that I would look into. I like yeah. the idea of kind of small changes at right. a time. Yes. Me if, if somebody is in, you know, I guess a rut where really we're just eating junk. So I can, I can speak about myself. It can be really difficult with the travel mm -hmm. to, you know, you get home and I'm home for 24 hours. I'm going to change my suitcase. I'm definitely not going to the grocery store. And there actually was food in my fridge last night, but I was, I was tired and I didn't want to talk to anyone. So <laughs> I just, I just ordered in and right. I actually ended up not feeling great because I had intended to order sushi, but mostly I just ordered tempura. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and yeah, actually, the truth is, I ordered uh, teriyaki tofu, but for some reason, it was fried, deep fried oh. instead of grilled. So I ate it all. Anyhow, right. uh, what what can we do if we're eating a ton of junk food? Like we're we're on the road, we're doing takeout, and we don't have a lot of time, say, between meetings. What is one easy fix? I would say to people who don't have nut sensitivities is to carry around some nuts, almonds, yeah. walnuts, pistachios. And then when you do eat out, I feel like more and more there are some better options. And I'm not talking about going to a salad bar and then putting like the most heavy dressing on. I'm talking about ordering, you know, maybe just get some a piece of rotisserie chicken or, you know, and some vegetable, again, vegetables. <laughs> but I have to get some good sauces. You should look at Erin uh, McDonald's other cookbook. She makes, she makes like six different types of sauces that are super quick and easy. You can just smother your vegetables in them because they're healthy, doctors. I should get you a copy of that. You'd like that. But at any rate, um, yeah, I would just make small changes like that. Just be a little more careful about what you're ordering because it is I tough. Actually, I think a, a bag of nuts is a great idea. Brennan yeah. always has a sack of nuts with him. <laughs> Nobody I do does. always have a sack of nuts. My I just mom, don't want to eat them. My mom brings over um, unroasted nuts for us or dry roasted nuts because I don't like it. I have a sensitivity, I think, to the oils in, in North right. America. They'll, so if you go to Chinatown, you can usually you could always find dry roasted nuts. Maybe it's changed in regular grocery stores now. But I, I do find that if I have a bag of nuts in my bag, because they're quite filling, right. I'll snack on them. And then I don't get to the point of desperation where I'm so busy that I'll just grab a double cheeseburger and fries because I'm so hungry, right? I, I find that if I let myself get too hungry, that's when I eat to the point that I don't feel well. Yes. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. You want to satiate yourself. And then again, going back to the healthy fats, you're going to have them in the nuts and in the avocados. Things like that, if you're satiated, you're less likely to get that horrible low blood sugar and then just reach for anything in sight. Exactly. And so sometimes when I see people who are on diets or focused on deprivation, that's where my mind goes. I think, man, if I were to deprive myself like that, I just want to eat all the Popeyes and all the key lime pie because I, I'm depriving myself. Whereas I don't stop myself from eating anything. If I want it, I eat it. I might be mindful of how much of it I eat. But if someone makes something delicious because I don't have any food sensitivities, I'm going to try it. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I don't do chocolate cake or, right. oh, no, I don't do apple pie. So this is this is really helpful. Now, lastly, before we let you go, you also talk about exercise and exercise exercises that are specifically designed for enhancing sexual health. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Well, you know, it's it's funny because my husband and I have always had a mismatched libido. I mean, I've always had, uh, well, mine's insane. So <laughs> mine's always mismatched with most people. But he started doing yoga like maybe eight years ago. And holy cow, it really has boosted his sex drive. And I read some studies that actually backed this up that said that yoga is good for your sex drive. And then the other thing, too, is if you do partner yoga, then you have that time together. Another thing that's great to do together is dancing. You know, dancing is a wonderful thing. But honestly, anything that gets your heart rate up is really good aerobic exercise. But you do want to have a fo an, a extra emphasis on things that build muscle. And yoga does build long, lean muscle. Also, weightlifting is really good because it's going to give you that extra testosterone boost, which is important for uh, sexual health. 
I would think yoga, because it's not just a physical exercise, but a, a mindful one, and for some people, a for many people, a spiritual one, helps you to just be more in your body and Definitely. really experience the, the physical sensations as well as the emotional response. I think it, it's not just about, yes, it builds muscle, and yes, it you know can certainly help with circulation to the pelvic region, but I think that mindfulness is what can really change people's lives around both sex and eating. Yeah, and let me tell you, I mean, he looks amazing too. It it and we're both in our early 50s and it, you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, wonderful. Yeah. People can find your book online. This is Clean Eating Dirty Sex. They can pick it up everywhere that I guess books are sold yes. as well as on your website. People can check you out online and your radio show Naturally Savvy Radio. You're on the Naturally Savvy Naturally Savvy show and Talk Healthy Today your podcast. Did I get it all? Yes, and uh, <laughs> I have a new my new website should be up any day. It's lisadavismph.com. In the meantime, you can go to it's your health with lisadavis.com uh, and you can also get the book anywhere. This has been so much fun, Dr. Jess. You guys are great. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. I think uh, we're going to be sold out of blowberries and screwberries, <laughs> hopefully. Thank you. Take care. I love talking about food. I think if I could do it all again, well, I guess I can. It's not like it's all over, but I, I think I might want to work in food or maybe I'd lose my passion then. I don't know. Yeah. I also think that you tend to focus on food when we're traveling and when we're going places. It's very food focused. Yes. I plan everything. Like if, if we're going to a new city, I've got our breakfast, our snack, our lunch, our after lunch meal, our dinner kind of planned. And then I kind of fit in all the sites around, <laughs> around those food stops. And mine is simply based on coffee. You just follow me. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because I was asked the other day to talk about whether eating a heavy meal around the holidays, how it affects your sex life. And, you know, I thought, okay, let's say it's the holidays or a birthday party or whatever it may be. If you feel bloated or you feel gassy or you feel uncomfortable after a heavy meal and you're not in the mood for sex, that's also okay. You know, I think there are lots of other sources of pleasure and connection in our lives that not everything has to be planned just around sex, like whether you're snuggling or you're reading to one another or you're touching each other, giving massages, or just going to sleep. Going to sleep can feel good too. I always think it's not going to be your last chance to have sex. So enjoy yourself. Do you not notice though that we tend to have sex before we eat? Oh my gosh. As soon as I order food on Uber Eats or on Skip the Dishes, <laughs> Brandon, he waits till it's ordered and then he kind of sneaks up and he's like, all right, let's do it. It's sexy time. We got 22 minutes before the Uber driver gets here with our food. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it's it's interesting because obviously what you eat can affect how you feel. And so you just choose foods that work for your body. And I think so much of the wellness industry or the so-called wellness industry and, and diet culture can be toxic because the messages are so focused on weight loss and deprivation and there's so much judgment attached to it. And so I, I always think, you know, listen, I am not an expert in this. I already, I brought an expert in, all right? She shared her expertise. Hopefully you'll follow it. But my perspective is, you know, instead of depriving myself, I eat for pleasure. Um, I try and eat more mindfully. I trust that I know my body best and pay attention to how I feel and my own instincts. And yeah, there's always going to be studies saying like, here's this food you should eat and this food you shouldn't eat. But the bottom line is every person's body is different. So for me, it's just really about paying attention to my body. 
I've noticed that. I've noticed that you always have eaten in moderation. You'll never deprive yourself of dessert or a sweets or um, like a McDonald's cheeseburger. You or just, meat or bread or noodles or, or anything else I can get my little yeah, paws on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but my point is, is that you don't ever go completely without it. I do. Mm-hmm. Like I've cut things out of my life because I can't <laughs> consume things in moderation. If we buy a liter of ice cream, I think that I'm going to eat a liter of ice cream. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. But it is an attitude. And I think I'm always looking for a quick fix to any of my problems or challenges. And what I've come to realize is that just chipping away at them a little bit every day and trying to stick with my plan usually works in some, it works out positively for me, whether that's work or what I'm eating. I also hate to waste a meal. That's something that drives me nuts. Like if I'm going to eat, I want it to be good. Yeah, for real. Like seriously getting upset when we have a bad meal, when we're traveling somewhere, I can tell, I can see the anger in your eyes after dinner. <laughs> so I've thrown a few tables, Brandon, no big deal. You flip it a table. What is this garbage? <laughs> you call this food? Yeah. And it's interesting because food isn't just personal. It's, it's familial and it's cultural because I feel really frustrated when you just kind of grab something and don't think about me because I think we grew up eating dinner together uh, on breakfast, uh, sorry, on the weekends, we also ate breakfast together. It was important to our relationships. And my mom put a lot of labor and a lot of time into her food. And she still does. And I do when I cook. And my stepdad also is an incredible cook. Like their house is just, it's, it's, a, it's Michelin star worthy. It's so good, but so simple. And I make a mean bowl of cereal. Right. But you're right. There is very much a difference in values and uh, importance around food. And it's not that we didn't grow up eating dinner together at times or meals, but we certainly didn't like you did. You do. And I I noticed that amongst your entire family, that it is very, (laughs) very food focused and not in a bad way in a celebratory way, in a way that they all get together and really enjoy the food. And I, by default, enjoy the food too. But I notice that when you're not around and when you're traveling, I am the king of lazy. I will just go and eat. I will I will grab bags of salad and I do throw avocado on them. And that's what I eat for dinner because it's really fast, really easy. And I know it's not really bad for me. But I also know that it's just a laziness on my part. Well, and I, well, and maybe you don't mind as much. I'm the opposite, where even if I have an hour in a city, I'm going to find a place where I can get an amazing sandwich or an amazing taco or an amazing bowl of noodles, and I'll I will make the time and run out of my way. I, I was in between speeches the other night, and I took a car to this secret kind of food trailer in behind a bar in between my two speeches. Where was this? It was in Austin. And yeah, I was in behind this kind of hipster bar and I had one of the best, best pieces of pork belly I've ever had. And we do, we, you and I do try and eat less meat. Like Monday to Thursday, we try and not eat meat. We make an effort and sometimes we go Monday to Friday and sometimes it doesn't work out. But uh, this was so good. <laughs> it was so delicious. So it's. I think what this brings us to is not only to know yourself, but also every topic requires some communication because I've been pissed off at Brandon in the past when he'll get up on a Saturday morning and just eat a couple date bars and not even think about me. Because if I were to get up and think about food, I'd always you know, put something together for all of us and and take time to cook it and to set the table and to serve it. And so 
it's not just sexual values or financial values or cultural or religious values you need to discuss. Even food values, which are a part of our culture, uh, require conversation or it can lead to, to friction and conflict. Can I also please have you reframe what I eat because they are RX bars, which sound a lot cooler than date bars. No, Nothing like wrong with dates. Balls but of dates. They're good, <laughs> and they come in salted chocolate flavor. And I will put them on a sh- on a t- on a on a plate for you with a knife and fork, <laughs> and we can enjoy with amazing espresso. Mm. Best morning ever. You do make a good espresso. Now, I was also looking at the some research that suggests that sex and other physically intimate activities, so pleasure, can actually reduce the urge to binge eat, especially your desire to binge on sugary carbohydrates. And I think the hypothesis is that this could be related to an increase in oxytocin. So it kind of flows both ways. No, it's actually, it's hard to feel sexy when you've just consumed three liters of ice cream. No, I'm talking about the opposite, that when you have sex, it actually can curb your desire to binge. So that's something to, you know, just be mindful of of as well. And of course, you do you. Please don't subscribe to toxic messages. Uh, You know, it's worth loving your body, liking your body, treating it well, of course, and, you know, doing what it takes to wake up feeling good and go to bed feeling good. Most days, some days I don't wake up feeling good. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head. It's whatever works for you. And if you give thought to how you want to do it, then everyone is good. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to let you go now. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Desire Resorts. Follow them at Desire Experience wherever you're at. I hope you have a delicious day and we'll be back next Friday and every Friday with a brand new episode. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.